Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only podcast more forgotten than general manager Michael Gersh. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. <laughs> you really had, I saw it in your face, you really wanted to make sure that you enunciated those, those <laughs> words, um, and I appreciated it, so good job, yeah. Nate. Thank you. Well, this week, uh, among many things, we are going to be talking about the Mazalek extension. We're going to talk about some of the early notes from spring training, and we're going to check in with some news and notes from around the league. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Hambone, it's happening. There's baseball. Baseball boys doing baseball things. We're seeing soft toss. We're seeing uh, punching gloves. You know, yep. uh, we're 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 doing interviews in sunny Florida. How you feel? Crack of the bat. Uh, I, I saw a picture of Jordan Montgomery hiding under a tent from the sun. Um, Lars Newtbar is taking batting practice. Wow. Um, Derek Gould is standing awkwardly to the side of Ali Marmol trying to get a pull quote. Uh, it's, yep. you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's happening. It's all, it's all, it's all we've it's, ever wanted, right? We're here for it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm man, feeling great getting, about it. Uh, I don't know if you have caught this or not, but it is Adam Wainwright's last spring training. Yeah. So. You know, we're we're getting a lot of good Wayno old man in action. Um, the blossoming yeah. relationship with Wilson Contreras. I think he's coming back for another year. Uh, Wilson Contreras. I think it's going to no. be five years. Wayno. Um, <laughs> um, well, I, if Wilson doesn't come back from it uh, for another year, this is going to be the worst Cardinals signing since Mike Leake. <laughs> Actually, it would uh, probably still be better. One year. Of Wilson Contreras is probably oh, still more valuable than Mike Leake. Come on. Mike Leake had that one good year with the Cardinals. It was I like I hated it. I hated it yeah. from the start. Um I you really my did. I acquired my Rockies opening day tickets the other day. That's that's a a sign that baseball is around the corner and that baseball things are happening. Nice. Yeah. Um, nothing like paying uh, quadruple the price for uh, a horrible matchup, right? That that part, it is, yeah, it's Rockies <laughs> Nationals. Um, could not be. We were talking about this in the Bird Squad the other day. I think it is the worst possible matchup. Two last place teams. Um, it's outside the division. There are no, there is nothing to implicate yeah. excitement. I guess the, the most exciting thing is the shortstops is CJ Abrams will likely be the starting shortstop for the nationals. And uh Tovar will likely be the sh- starting shortstop for the Rockies, assuming their Springs go well. So I'll have that yeah. to watch. And that is the end of the list. Um, yeah, but I'm going. An interesting... and so, yeah, yeah that'll be fun. That. That's an interesting sort of, you know, Tovar basically blew up last year and CJ Abrams has been a top prospect for years now and hasn't really had, hasn't really put it together. So yeah, right. maybe you'll see the the start of a couple big seasons for those guys. Um, I haven't gotten my home opener tickets yet, but I do intend to go 
Um, it's a considerably more interesting matchup. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals against the Blue Jays. Yeah. Uh, which I am very, very excited about. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about some birds for that matchup. Maybe we'll bring back our talking about other birds segment, uh, you know, during that week. Blue Jays have had a, a wild offseason. They have there are reasons to I mean, I think the Yankees are probably still better just to talk about other birds for a quick second. Um, but the Blue Jays, I probably have them as number two in the East and I don't know, probably as number like three or four in the AL in general. I think they're going to be really exciting. That should be a great. Yeah, great series to kick it yeah. off. You should absolutely go. Um, I mean, Vladdy Jr. in St. Louis alone. That's that's worth the price. Yeah. right? like just seeing guys like that. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty hyped to see it, and uh, yeah, I mean they they are uh, there is a, as good a pick as any team in the AL to be the the um, AL champion, and uh, I mean if you think about last year, Vladdy had like you'd call it a down season because of what he did the year before, <laughs> yeah. um, but even still, that was a spectacular season. So I, I think um, I'm pretty excited to see what he does, uh, but I haven't got my tickets yet, um, but I'm going to get tickets to that. And I think I'm also going to go to the angels. I mean, I'll end up at a bunch of games, but yeah. the ones that I'm like pre planning on, there's an angel series in may, you know, this whole new schedule, it just opens up, um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, a more clear opportunity to see these teams that we may not have been able to see, for, you know, for years, which I have mixed feelings about the, the overall schedule changes. But yeah, like one thing that I think is a clear win is that like 2023, I want to go see Shohei Otani. I can get a ticket to a game to go see Shohei Otani yeah. or Mike Trout or Vlad Guerrero or whoever. I, I think that's kind of what it, we talked about this a few months ago. Like, I think that's really what it comes down to is that it baseball is better when every fan has the availability to see Shohei, to see Julio Rodriguez, um, to watch Max Scherzer pitch like that is it is better when those guys are coming to your town or are playing your team every single year. Um, I mean, like how stupid was it that we didn't see Albert Pujols in St. Louis for, was it seven years, eight years? So, yeah. Something like that. Um, so I, silly. It worked so out I, for I, him though. You know, it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, a very different, um, reception that I think he would have had if it had been even within the first five years of yeah. him going to the angels, but it, it did. Isolated. <laughs> that yeah. that is a yeah exactly. That is a very <laughs> specific one-off situation. Um, but like at the same time, uh, you know, the Cardinals fans got to see Mike Trout, and more the more people that get to see Mike Trout, play, yeah. the better. And yeah, all all that. Well, good especially stuff. fans of teams that are historically bad, but they're just fans of baseball. You know, if you're if you're like a diehard Pirates fan. Uh, this balance schedule has to be way better for you. Oh yeah, because you, you're not you, you know less uh, Pirates, Reds, Pirates, Brewers, Pirate, you know Pirates, Marlins. You know you're actually going to have more opportunity to go and watch a game and actually see some players that you would like to see. Hey, Marlins made moves this year, Nate. They're going to be uh, fourth place, but fourth yeah, it'll be a it'll be a uh, you know it'll be a uh, it's actually not necessarily a knock against them. It's more yeah. like they are, you know, now find themselves in the, in an incredibly tough division, but I, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I was I mean, going to try to say third, but then I was like, no, the Phillies are going to 
Phillies aren't going to be in fourth place. They'll, they'll at least yeah. be in third or second. Yeah. At, at, I mean, your best bet is one. Like the only way it happens is yeah. If like the Phillies, what we thought was going to happen last year happens this year, even though they've gotten better. You know? Yeah. So although uh, losing Bryce Harper for half the season already is probably you know an understated impact, and who knows if he'll come? He come he's supposed to come back in July. And, yeah, they're, but they're yeah. also going from basically not having a shortstop to having the best shortstop in baseball, which will it's probably cancel pretty that good. out. <laughs> pretty, pretty good upgrade. Yeah, pretty good upgrade. Yeah, yeah. They're Stupid going Phillies. from like Bryson Stott and committee to Trey Turner, which will, I think, will work out well for them. Not bad. Um. Anyways, yeah. Anyway. Um. So I guess let's let's jump into the more cardinal specific stuff. So uh, I guess the, the the big news from this week, other than obviously spring training starting, which is Hell yeah. inc- incredible. Um, what a what a long, dark, cold winter it's been. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, we've got um, Mazalak. Everyone's favorite has been extended for three years, tacking on two years to his current contract. So signed through the end of 2025. Um, not a surprise at all, right? No. Like he's going to be here as long as he wants to be here. Um, but I thought he did an interesting interview and, and talked about his sort of plans for the future. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on the extension? Yeah, I think the extension was pretty much a no brainer, right? Like we know we we've talked about this and, and, and complained about aspects of it, but the Cardinals have a quote unquote model uh, that is put in place by Mosaic and Gersh. And then it's kind of like approved or stamped by the DeWitts. And that is essentially build talent from within, spend money smartly, uh, never overextend yourself um, and, and roll the dice. If you're projected to win 85 to 90 games, that's enough to get you into the playoffs, expect, especially in a weak division. And stick there, keep the butts in the seats, um, and and like I said, roll it, let it, let it work. And that is exactly what John Mozeliak has done for the majority of our yeah. baseball watching lifetimes. Um, and I think it's a model that, while can be frustrating, and I think you and I would agree that it would be great for the Cardinals to be a little less risk adverse from time to time because, um, well, you and I believe slash know that the DeWitts could spend markedly more than they have uh and still yeah. have a you know uh mount like M- scrooge mcduckian piles of money to dive into <laughs> yeah um it is a sound model and it has worked really really well for a really long time so of course he should get this extension um it only makes sense i i think the only thing that was maybe slightly surprising is that it was only two years added on to his existing contract and the fact that like you were talking about i'm, I'm going to read a little piece from an article in the Post-Dispatch, um, and this is slightly paraphrased, uh, but it, it says, uh, the quote begins, uh, he also hinted he was prepared to take on fewer responsibilities in the not too uh, distant future. And then Mosaic himself said, short term, uh, although you should be doing this in your Mosaic uh, voice, but it says, "Oh, don't uh, worry, short- we're going to bring him in for an interview here in a minute." <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it says, "Short term, you'll still get me for a little bit," Mosaic said. Uh, but as we get deeper into this contract, there will be changes. Um, so 
that's surprising. Mosellock is 57 right now. This will take him to he's uh, till he's 60 years old or somewhere around there. I don't know if he is talking about retirement. I don't know if he's talking about taking some on. I, I wouldn't even be like if he became a part of the ownership group. That would not surprise me if he just fully went off into the sunset. That would not surprise me if he took a diminished role and gave Michael Gersh the keys to the castle. That would not be uh, very surprising as well. The Cardinals obviously value consistency. Um, so I think that the future president of baseball operation is probably already in the organization, you know, but, yeah. uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to hear Mosaic talk about is, uh, I don't know if it's an exit strategy, but the future in that way. Yeah. Well, there had been some rumblings. Um, I know, uh, Daniel had talked about it on his show. Uh, Katie Wood mentioned it a little bit too. There'd been some rumblings around, um, Mazalak's future and would he actually stay beyond this contract? Um, you know, I think in that same article, it's mentioned that he was exploring, he had been possibly even exploring other, uh, entire you know, industries and, and moving out of something as, you know, chaotic and intense as running a baseball team is. Um, so, uh, you know, we give Mazalak a lot of shit. I think that's part of what being a fan is, is, you know, getting mad at your general manager, especially around um, trade deadlines and whatnot. But overall, like, I, you know, I as Cardinal fans, we should be very, very happy to have had uh, John Mazalak. And I think where the real frustration comes from, if you really are mad at the way the Cardinals are handled, it's not Mazalak. It's the DeWitts, right? Mazalak yeah. has handed a um, a set of guidelines, right? And he's forced to stay within those guidelines. And those guidelines allow him to go and acquire guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado and Tyler O'Neill. And, you know, the, basically the heart of the lineup is from trades that the Cardinals made that uh, are routinely considered to be some of the biggest fleece jobs in the last two decades, if not, you know, the Arenado one is more and more looking like uh, that, one of the <laughs> one of the best trades of all time, right? You know, and I, I well, think that is a trade people will talk about for like fifty years plus. Like, yeah, you. I mean, course. you traded a Hall of Fame player for nothing. <laughs> it's just never gonna look good. A Hall of Famer for and fifty million dollars for nothing. <laughs> they remember and, they get. <laughs> yeah, and the money, and honestly, Elhirius Montero could be the Rockies best player this year and nobody's going to give a shit. Like it just yeah. doesn't matter it's at this point. It's him. just done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. now of course <laughs> there is the, um, the Ozuna Alcantara trade, which, you know, obviously is not great, but I think even then you look at the, at the time the trade was fine. It is aged poorly. It's aged yeah. horrendously. Uh, but the Arenado one was in the moment, you know, I, I, you just had to imagine what the Rockies were, were feeling when immediately the entire industry was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, well, the Rockies, but, they uh, don't, they don't look inside. They don't self-evaluate. So that never happened. Actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not even aware. They still no. don't really know that, um, you know, it's, it's been a bad trade. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, I, yeah, I think it's good. Um, I think it probably would have been pretty chaotic for Mazalek to leave at the end of his current contract, which would have been, this would have been his last year, you know? So um, it only being two years is 
it is interesting, you know, that like, I think that does put a, an interesting window on what's going to be next. Um, but overall I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. And, you know, he's just so dapper. You gotta love the, the bow ties. Yeah. You gotta love the ascots, you know, looking he's out there. Gotta be sweating his brains out, you know, full. He's surrounded by people in baseball uniforms and he's wearing like four layers of yeah. surely very expensive designer clothing. <laughs> yeah. See, I, a, I think he's, a, um, I, it's a uh, really hot out here. And, um, you know, when you, when you really consider all the factors, yeah, I'm, I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I, I think he's a guy that like sends his assistant to Brooks brothers every summer when the new line comes out and he says, yeah, one of everything in a large, please. Um, <laughs> and, and that's what we're seeing. Uh, um, I want, I need a bow tie that projects power. I'm going into, <laughs> I'm going into a, a, a negotiation with, uh, Scott Boris. I, my, my impression is spot on right now. Thank you very Man, much. Yeah, yeah. Really, really nailing it today. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like, yeah, it's like you said, it's good. It's predictable. Um, I think the only thing that's weird about it is that, yeah, like we're, like I said, his, his kind of putting the, putting the end to the Mosaic run, um, himself, like he's, he's already yeah. signal, signaling it, uh, for it. Um, and I'm kind of surprised, you know, the way that he really, or normally deals with disseminating information is so cagey and him being set, like telegraphing the message so far in advance is kind of an interesting look for Mo. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, honestly, I think if you're a Cardinals fan, like Michael, Ger- Mike Gersh is going to, I think almost be the exact same guy as John Mosaic. <laughs> He's just like 20 years younger. He's been with the yeah. Cardinals since I think it was Oh six. So seven, somewhere around there. Uh, so you know, I, I, I would predict right now that the job will be handed to Gersh. Um, somebody underneath, maybe Randy Flores, somebody will be handed the GM job. Somebody else, uh, Gersh will be the president of baseball operations, um, which is a, uh, a delineation that I'm not sure I fully understand <laughs> why we have those two different jobs other than like, you can only be promoted so far. So let's create positions. Um, but I do yeah, think that's I, a big part of it. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I just, think that is the sole purpose of the president of baseball operations job is uh, super GM sounds stupid. And the other thing sounds well, better. I, I, I like super GM. <laughs> um, so I, I, well, I, I think you can see a little bit from this interview and, and some of his behavior, what it actually means, because at least according to the recent reporting, you know, Mazalek really wants to spend a lot of time focusing on and developing the training facility in Jupiter that has been talked about for years. So you could see how a GM Gersh is going to be focused on the product on the field. Whereas Mazalek with this higher level of impact and overview can, while also supporting Gersh with the, on the field product, he's also overseeing the development of the training facility in, in Jupiter. So I think that's what they're going for with that, which, which makes sense. But yeah, yeah. there's also just like, everybody wants to be promoted so there's there's no like top job everything just you know, they yeah just keep adding in layers so that senior can... president of baseball yeah, operations exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly uh so all right well 
it, you know, I guess didn't see this coming, but maybe the last big signing of this offseason. We knew there was going to be an extension. We all thought it would be some somebody else, but instead it was Mozeliak extending himself. So uh, good for him. Um, but we've had other news coming in because we actually have camp. So what do you want to talk about from this early sort of, you know, we've only, we're recording on Wednesday, so we've only seen a couple days. Right? Yeah. But what what's on top of mind for you? Yeah, you know, and before we move, I, I still think a starting pitcher extension is coming down the, yeah. the road. Um, maybe Mo wanted like, to just get wanted his. to get his. Yeah, he wanted yeah, to yeah. get his. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, I don't know, maybe he's talking to Michaelis or Montgomery or or Jack. Um, but I, I do think a starting pitcher extension is almost guaranteed. Like we've talked about this, he kind of has to do something um, or be prepared to start spinning on a lot of like mid rotation. Like that, that's the, the issue, right? Is it he's going to throw, if he doesn't extend a starter, he's going to spend a lot of money on mid rotation arms next year. And that is, that is outside of the model. That is inefficient. That is not the way the Cardinals like to do things. So it's that, or they're really assuming Graceffo, Jerby, Liberator, Hudson, you know, all of these guys. Hence, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Are going to be like rotation spot type guys by 2024. And uh, I, I'm, I've settled in on the gamble that the team is taking with the rotation going into 2023. While I don't agree with it, I understand there is some logic behind it, but I, uh, I cannot imagine a world where the team is is settling in on the gamble of that rotation yeah. versus like at least this year you've got Michaelis and Wainwright yeah. and Flaherty. You know, there's there's guys that have done it and for years and you can say, well, we'll at least get this year out of them. But 2024, it's like it's going to be a big let the kids play uh, <laughs> season if they don't do something yeah. about it. Rotations are overrated. Who needs them? Yeah, just a good point. Just throw no arms at him. Oh, um, I, I, you know, I've been lobbying for years for the full bullpen team. Such a stupid nobody, idea. Nobody goes more than three innings ever. And such you a just dumb do, idea. You, you aim to have three to four pitchers a game. Yeah. And uh, they just rotate in and yeah. out, play the matchups 100% of the time. I think it's yeah. a great idea. I think it's an idiotic uh, idea. And I think you're wrong. And I'll tell you what, it worked really well in MLB The Show, like 2014 <laughs> or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we were great. Okay. Yeah. And a Cardinal lot- should just draft Bobson Dugnut and just, you know, call it a season. <laughs> you're totally right. Why don't we just Ma- use Mike video Truck. game logic? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> A good job so, pulling Bobson Dugnut just off the top of the dome. Do you, you have the name. Do you have the shirt? There's a uh, that's actually one of uh, in our D and D campaign. Someone uh, made a character named Bobson Dugnut, and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Best name of all time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. So you asked like what what's going on with camp, and, and I thought uh, you know, well, I guess here's what I thought: Ali Marmal gave a like 15 minute interview the other day kind of talking about the team and, and and the main thing that he really spoke about was the level of competition throughout the entire roster that was coming into spring training and he was candid in the fact that he you know Cardinals always say that there's competition going into spring training 
Um, and he said, uh, this year that he actually genuinely meant it. Like usually they say that, but there's not that much truth to it. It's like, yeah, I'm saying that, but Tyler O'Neill's our left fielder. Um, and, and he made a point multiple times to emphasize that it is obviously Goldie's Goldie. Arenado's got third Wilson Contreras. You just gave a bunch of money to him. Of course, he's going to be, um, a catcher. And those three guys are likely going to be soaking up a lot of DH spots to get their, their, uh, legs healthy and just give them a day off, um, but keep those bats in the lineup. But he said pretty much every other position has some level of competition. Now, I think like sitting here, assuming health, you and I would put a large sum of money that Tommy Edmond is going to get the lion's share of starting positions at shortstop. But outside of that, um, I, I thought that that was really interesting. And I think that means, you know, there's going to be a lot of weight in spring training games um, and the outfield or I guess like the way that I read that is that there's a real path for Jordan Walker to be on the opening day lineup. There's a real path for Dylan Carlson to not break the camp with the big team there. There are, you know, and and kind of flavor the storylines, however you want to do it. But if Juan Yepes is raking all spring, Maybe he steals a job away from somebody who we would sit here and say right now is guaranteed a spot in the outfield or DH or bench or whatever. Um, and, and I found that really interesting and I appreciated him kind of breaking it down very specifically about what he expects to see from, you know, XYZ players this spring. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I do think too, just it makes a lot of sense going in this year. There's just way more question marks, but almost on like the positive side than the than the negative side it's not like oh no who's gonna play left field or oh no we don't have a right fielder it's oh no we've got like four guys that we kind of want to play right field and we're just not sure who's gonna get it um the way i've been kind of reading that too is that there's i think almost every position if you just think of the position has a has competition but there are certainly guys that are a lock to be in the lineup we just don't know where they're going to be playing so like your tommy edmund is almost certainly going to be in the lineup he's not competing for a starting job but there is a competition at second base that if everybody who plays second base does terribly and paul de young is raking in spring, then mm. Edmund might be the starting. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, it works as yeah, for yeah, my yeah. example, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so it might not be Tommy Edmund is our shortstop. Tommy Edmund is our second baseman and Paul DeYoung is our shortstop because Brennan Donovan and Nolan Gorman both looked like trash this spring or Tyler O'Neill is certainly going to be in the opening day lineup, but it might not be left field. It might be center field because Dylan Carlson looks like trash, right? So there are these guys that have several steps ahead of everyone else for at least yeah. being there, but where they're playing is absolutely uncertain. And that's going to drive this co- competition that he's talking about. Yeah. So, so you have the, the like the S tier players, which are the guys that I named earlier, Goldie, Nato Contreras, um, and, and we're only locked, talking position yeah. players and then there's kind and they're of they're locked the, in at their spot and like right. their name and their spot. Right. And yeah. then there's, there's this a tier below them. That's like the Tommy admin, probably I, you're probably right. Tyler, uh, uh, O'Neal, um, Juan Yepes, maybe, I don't know that, that <laughs> no, A-tier no, might I, be pretty slim after that. I think it slims down. I mean, 
I'd like to think that the Cardinal that we we should view Dylan Carlson in that regard, at least from a defensive standpoint. I, I, but, yeah, his his defense makes his floor pretty high, that, so he's probably also in that A tier. Yeah, but and then that B and C tier get really, really kind of muddy and like, yeah, where do you put Burleson? Where do you put Gorman? Where do you put Jordan Walker? Yeah. Where where are those guys? Those guys are in the the prove it. You have thirty days. A little less than 30 days to prove, uh, you know, show me what you got. Um, Show me what you got. Have you seen uh, there was a uh, at least a a little clip of Juan Yapez taking ground balls at second base. Now, who can't play second base? Yeah, let's do it. is likely, you know, I I don't know the the setting, like the circumstances (laughs) of it. But that's that's what spring training is all about, baby. We got, you know, the guy that everyone's been saying is our DH on like day one of spring training is taking ground balls at second base. Is hey, there a know? secret chapter of the Cardinal way that is just second base is easy? Anyone can do it. Yeah, I think so. Because I mean, like, be. I love me some Gourmania. Uh, I'm all about, you know, the dongs. But I mean, if yeah. if. If he's getting usurped by Juan Yepes at second base, oh yeah, no. uh, there's a cascade of other problems that have yeah. happened for yeah. Juan Yepes to be the starting second baseman. But uh, I'm here for it, you know. You know, um, like you said, fan of dongs, fan of dongs. Uh, <laughs> and the the Cardinals have a like a beef boy contingent going into spring this year that I think I'm excited about. Gorman, beef boy. Yepes, yeah. Beef Boy, Moises beef boy. Gomez. Have you seen these early Yo, spring training? That's a that's Beef a Boy be- right there. That's a Beef Boy for sure. <laughs> Just some big, strong men. They they are well, you, men. Well, you know what? <laughs> what? I, 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 it's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Bill DeWitt. Yeah. He's got um, his Arby's. He wants his have, Beef Boys. <laughs> what is it? What did they say? We have the meats. Yeah, the Cardinals have the meats. So yeah, our meats are Gorman, Yepes, and uh, Gomez, and they are and Gomez. They yeah. are. Yeah, I, I think you know uh, you, we talk about all this competition and and Ali Marmol and uh, and wanting to be flexible and 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 yada yada yada. Uh, Gomez could be he could be a guy that comes out of nowhere and steals some DH at bats. Like you know, I don't think we're super excited about him on the defensive side of the baseball, but. He he's somebody who I kind of like marked in the back of my mind is like he he could he could be the reason that Jordan Walker is not on the team not because right. um Walker is bad or anything but because Gomez comes in and hits ten bombs in spring training you know and right. you're, you kind of have this Chris Bryant situation where you have to you have to bring him in you just gotta that's that's your best team right now famous Colorado Rocky. Chris Bryant. Uh, I don't understand why the beef boys don't just simply eat the non beef boys in order to, uh, you know, exert their dominance. Yeah, just Jordan go- Walker, also kind of a beef boy. I he, mean, he, you know, he's a he's big so dude. He's so big. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not in the same way as a uh, Burleson, but he, he's a beef boy. And he could, he, you know, he's only 20. He might yeah. become even, I'm like flexing my arms out, trying yeah. to fill the same space. And, uh, I, I would be eating uh, probably two chomps, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Some weird fantasy you're walking us all through <laughs> that I don't want to know anything about. 
So I surprised with front row seats, you know, <laughs> they just show up in the mail and, yeah. uh, I, I, I had plans that night, but they'd been canceled. Sure. And so I decide I'll go to the game. And, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. I'm looking cute. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, um, I, yeah, there's a lot to, to be excited about and, and, I mean, we talked about it with the World Baseball Classic. Like these competitions are going to be front and center. We're not going to have as many at bats from the from the guys that we're used to. So we'll get plenty of opportunity to see where this shakes out. And yeah, uh, it, this it, is like inarguably a very important spring training for the Cardinals. Like all, all of these young guys trying to figure out who's what, um, who's trade fodder, who's going to be on the team. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals have the same problem that they were having around the time that Harrison Bader came up. We have too many outfielders in the minors. They need to be playing. We need to make decisions. Like, how long can you keep Moises Gomez down? Um, yeah. Burleson's already up. You know, how how these decisions, you know, there's only three or four spots. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting. And, and we have games in, what is it? I think... Next week will be our last episode before any spring training games, and then we'll be we'll be off to the races. Yeah, we're gonna have stat sheets, Benny boy. Holy cow! Box Ooh, scores, boxes. yeah, box scores. Yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna talk about um, some other stuff that's been happening around the league here, um, but before we get to that, as always, we want to remind our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. We are coming up on having done a full year of this show, and we've been having a blast with it. We truly appreciate the supporters that have come with us along the way. And as we look to go into our second season, uh, we really, you know, really want to put a lot of time and a lot of thought and effort and care into this show. And it gets easier for us to do with the more support that we get from listeners out there. So. If you want to support the show directly, consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, there's a bunch of different tiers. We have uh, one that actually brings in at a producer level, which you where you can really define what the show is going to be about. We have someone who has signed up for that. So we're going to have an episode sometime in the near future that is completely listener uh, produced, which will be interesting and we're looking forward to it <laughs> yeah so if that sounds interesting to you um you know patreon.com slash talking about birds subscribers at any level get access to the private discord server it's called the bird scored we're talking about doing uh live um not live stream what sort of like a lot we're gonna watch games together in live the chats discord. live chats yeah in uh in the discord this summer including like voice so we'll be talking chatting during the games um, you know, so, uh, any level you get into that bird scored, it's a great, great time. Uh, also if you're out there and you enjoy the show and maybe right now is not the right time to, uh, subscribe to something like a Patreon. We also appreciate it. If you, uh, go into your little podcast app, hit that follow or subscribe button and also give us a good rating. It really helps. Thank you. Uh, Ben, where can people find us elsewhere online? Yeah. First off, before you leave a rating, five stars only. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Five stars. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, um, 
Join the Birds Court. It'll, it'll be fun. Also, to get you off Twitter, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Talk About Birds. There, you can follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. And if you have any uh, questions, emails, thoughts, uh, considerations, jabs, uh, accusations, threats, you can send them to talkaboutbirds at gmail. Dot com. Um, I'll also say you can listen to us on Spotify if you prefer to use Spotify. Um, per usual, I recommend that you add one of our longest episodes to a workout playlist or a jam that somebody's uh, got and, you know, really mm-hmm. um, inundate them with our uh, noises. You know, you, you've been inspired by the Super Bowl. Uh, you've been listening to a little re-re. Nothing better than right after that, my, my dumb God. voice jumping in with a real bad joke. It's great. You saying <laughs> re-re makes me want to jump in front of a car. <laughs> I'm uh, shocked she's... that you even know that she goes by that for one thing. Um, and oh, I don't think I've on. ever heard you speak like that. You, you, I, you're a big Rihanna fan? I shine bright like a diamond. Okay? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Uh, Hey, it was like a month ago when I said on the show, I'm so glad football's over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, I'm plugged into some things. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Bad girl. Riri. Mm -hmm. She's pregnant. Wow. (laughs) It's not that kind of show. (laughs) Uh, all right. What do you want to talk about next, uh, Gorilla? What do you got here for yeah, us? Yeah. Well, something uh, something that's going around the uh, the news. I think I saw this in the St. Louis Post Dispatch. Uh, was that the Cardinals hope to name a jersey sponsor soon, uh, but are not interested in rushing into a deal? Um, I have a lot of opinions about this. I think that the Cardinals have not the best top two or three best uniforms in professional sports. I think it's fantastic. I think it's iconic. I do think that putting an advertisement on the uniform will ruin the overall aesthetic. And what I will say, um, and I'm going to mean this pretty, uh, pretty, I think I, I think I'll really stand behind this. Although obviously, you know, I, I, I hold the ability You're already to change. walking it back as you're saying it. So oh, it, it, it's insane to speak in such definites, but I'm going to speak okay. in a definite. If a, if an advertisement comes on a Jersey, I will never buy a Jersey with an advertisement on it. Um, at least I cannot picture myself buying a Jersey with an advertisement on it. I would look for something retro or, or I'll just, try to take Cut good care of my Molina jersey that I have. I have a cream Molina jersey upstairs, um, and I'll just try to wear that for the rest of my life. But I don't want to wear a jersey with a Tums ad on it or a uh, yeah. Energizer or Purina or yeah. w- whatever it turns out to be. Um, that being said, you know, NBA adopted this fairly recently. Uh, it seems inevitable. Uh owners are going to squeeze every cent that they can out of this sport. Um, and I don't fully blame them for that. Although when you, when you own a franchise like the Cardinals, I would think that you would have a little more reverence for the Jersey. And maybe I'm being overly romantic about the idea of these things of this laundry. Um, but I do think of it like that. I do think of it as like, this means something to a lot of people. This is this is childhood. This is going to the game with your family. This is, I don't know. There, there's just something to it to me, and, and maybe I hold it higher than 
most people or the DeWitts or whoever. But I, I'm very disappointed by that. All that to be said, Nate, who who do you think the Cardinals should have? <laughs> <laughs> I want to say As, uh, a, a bit ago, you said Cream Molina, and that's been kind of rattling around in my head. Cream Molina. It's a good yeah. Back to back. I, it's like that should be your rapper name. I'm Cream Molina. <laughs> um, um, yeah, if I was like a reggaeton guy or something. Yeah. 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 So I, I I will say, first of all, that I tend to agree with you on this. Uh, that decision is made a little bit easier for me because I'm not a big Jersey guy in the first place as far as owning them. Um, so I'll go right alongside you and say I will not purchase a Jersey with an advertisement on it because um, I Bold stance. I, yeah. I also, I, I agree with well, you. You though. can't it, get it, them over your head, right? That's the problem. <laughs> Cause the, yeah, yes. My head's too big, even for, <laughs> uh, <laughs> things made for giant men. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I got a hold of an Alec Burleson one and I was barely yeah. able to squeeze it over. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's my biggest problem. I thought so. Um, and with my glasses, <laughs> you know, <Okay. laughs> Uh, the, um, so a, a minor counterpoint is that there was a similar fear with the Nike edition. And while I do not like the Nike swish on the Jersey, I do think that it, 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 it is not as terrible as I expected it to be. It's an understated logo yeah. and you know, they can put it in the same color and maybe it's just the ubiquity of Nike. It like, it doesn't ruin the aesthetic for me as much as I was worried that it would, because despite the fact that I'm not a big Jersey buyer, I, I also am a big fan of good design. And I, and I agree with you that the Cardinal uh, Jersey is, is beautiful. Um, so I think maybe there's a way that the DeWitts can find, you know, some additional billions to line their, <laughs> you know, Lamborghinis and shit with like, yeah. uh, like they, I know they need it. Right. They need like, let's right. make sure we remember that they need this money for, for their houses and stuff. So like, let's be empathetic here, but like maybe there's something like a single tum, <laughs> like a little, <laughs> like a little what, red tum on what, the corner what, would be good. What if it's the Arby's hat? <laughs> like the what it just says, it says meats. I would, the RB, <laughs> the RB hat would be funny. Yeah. On the bird, on one of the birds. Yeah. It's oh, now God. wearing a little, <laughs> it's wearing a little uh, RB hat now. Yeah. I would be support. And in fact, I would buy that. Um, you would buy that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make my own if they don't, but, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it would, at the very least, I guess I'd be cool if it was a St. Louis company, um, yeah, though, I don't necessarily have any That's particular a, affection for these mega conglomerates that are from St. Louis, but like, you know, Purina is probably a high likelihood. I do think it's nice that they're not rushing into it. That does make me think that there is some degree of reverence, although the likelihood is that it's actually just they haven't found every single possible penny that they could get out of it yet. So they haven't signed a deal. But like, I'm glad they're not rushing into something I, stupid. I know there are like a thousand reasons I'm not a billionaire, but like it is it is like it is crazy to me that they are this focused on maximize maximizing their profits to the degree in which they would do something like this, which I know they're going to do. It's it's going to happen. Yeah. But like well, every they other sell, sport does it or sure. not every they, other sport. They sell yeah. commercials in between pitches. They put 
company logos on the batch back of the pitcher's mounds. The uh, call to the bullpen is brought to you by Dodge. Like, how yeah. do you really? I mean, how finally do you need to polish this turd? It just is crazy to me. Yeah. But yeah, there, this of course, I pitch brought to yeah. you. You know, right. it's, I mean, it's going to get like, and let us remember, folks. Pitch number 73 is brought to you by MasterCard. Right. All right, folks. And pitch 74. Ooh, that curveball. It breaks just like the great breaks you're going to get in the new <laughs> Honda, you know, whatever. Like, I, yeah, it's it's bad. Th- this one, I, I think I care about less um, from like the reverence point and the, the historical point. But I do think when I, I or my <laughs> prediction is that when MLB does expand to add two teams, um, and there, I think they're going to drop new divisions and I think the divisions will be sold off. So it'll be the, um, national league central division bought to you, brought to you by O'Reilly's Oh, Oh, O'Reilly's <laughs> national we, league central. We're, we, we should get some, um, money for the amount of ads we're dropping on this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh speaking of, you know, who should really sponsor the Cardinals, it, they should have a big fat talking about birds logo on the side of their, uh, there we go. We just need someone to do the build a wit level of our t- Patreon for like 10 years and we'll have enough money to buy this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. Or you could sign up for it 10 times. If there's yeah. some, uh, insane billionaire out there that wants us to do a really stupid joke, just, you know, sign up 10 <laughs> times and there's we'll far, do it far, far worse ways. You could spend your money. Yeah. That's great. Well, we'll see. I, I'm, you know, obviously there's, they've not made a decision yet. And I, I guess hopefully they have some design aesthetic care in, in this choice. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of evil overlord conglomerates, um, we spent quite a while last week talking with Daniel about Bally sports and, uh, there's been even more news about that in the last week. So, um, I know we wanted to touch a little bit more on that. Um, Ben, what, what have you, uh, what have you been reading? Yeah, I think, you know, we were kind of doing a little prediction of what to expect, uh, last time and, and, uh, it's all coming to fruition. And I will say, um, the Cardinals first spring training games will be broadcast the end of this month, the February 25, 26, 27. Uh, the first two should be on Bally and the last one is on ESPN. So at least we know that the last one is definitely going to happen. Um, yeah. but as of today, this recording, um, is the day that, uh, Bally, uh, the, the company that owns Bally diamond sports group, um, they have officially missed their, uh, payment. They were supposed, they were owing, uh, uh, the company $140 million today. Uh, they defaulted on that. Um, and upon their defaulting that payment, they announced that they are going to enter a 30 day grace period, essentially operating, um, at a loss for the next 30 days to give MLB and teams a chance to kind of react and, and do what they need to do. Um, and then kind of coinciding with that announcement, MLB has announced that they plan on producing the baseball games by themselves. Um, now, what we don't know, does that mean that they are going to still be on cable television and it'll just be produced by MLB? Um, I, you have to imagine that Chip Carey and, and the the team, Tom, me and the truck, those people are still going to be producing the games on some level, like all the all the buttons and switches and cables are there. It would only make sense for those people to be hired on or utilized. Um, but is it only going to be available through the app? 
is it going to be up? We we don't really know. We're we're still kind of figuring this out, but we can safely assume that over the next thirty days, so you know until uh, March, uh, the middle of March, Valley should be up and running. What what's going to happen after that? Um, you know, yeah. is, is to everyone's question, but <laughs> like you know. I, I think the good news is if you're somebody that's already using the MLB.tv app, you're probably going to be fine. I know that includes you and I. I don't know yeah. <laughs> about people who are listening, um, but honestly, if you have questions about setting up a VPN or how to do that, you can email <laughs> talk about birds at gmail.com. And I am more than happy to walk you through yeah. that. Um, Nate and I both have VPN setups and, have some so if you have questions about that like please let us help you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i am more than happy to lend a little advice um but yeah I, it's like kind to, of crazy I, that yeah, yeah yeah i'd have to assume that if valley sports is completely out of the picture then the blackout stuff is also going to be gone and if yeah. they're producing it th- truly only through their app they're just going to say anyone who has access can watch it like they've got to get people in the door um, but I don't know. I mean, they, they find a way to, you know, step on their own feet all the time. So yeah. you can see some world where they screw up and, and they still have blackouts, even though there's no longer the cable <laughs> right. side of it, even though that is the whole reason for the blackouts. Although from my understanding, at least to be fair to the MLB, the MLB hates the blackouts too. Yeah. They've been trying to, they've been trying to negotiate them out of the contracts for years. Um, so like I said it last week, um, and I do believe like I think it's likely going to be a little bumpy, maybe not, hopefully not on the user experience side, like hopefully everything just maintains and there's some sort of transition and, you know, and fans are given time to uh, to, you know, get their setups or whatever. Um, But also maybe not. This might be bumpy just across the board for everybody. But ultimately, I I like to think that this is a, a needed step in the direction of getting rid of this sort of um, separation of, of rights and, and management and all of the, all of the stuff that's led to this really awful system that we have now for watching baseball. And it, and it will result in a product produced and released by MLB that you can, access directly without all the bullshit that everybody has to go through now whether it be just a a bad cable subscription or what you and i have been talking about um so i'm i'm kind of hopeful uh you know because of that but yeah i i guess i'm also hopeful that we get to that without something stupid like a like a month or two of baseball that no one can watch like it just the way <laughs> yeah. baseball's been going it just feels like that's <laughs> you know like yeah. it, it feels like we're gonna miss a month of baseball because no one has the rights to to like show what's happening on the cameras uh so we're gonna be watching yeah. like i don't know game day uh, you know or something the the like you know what i'm talking about the mlb.com yes. like Man. <laughs> so uh, so funny just a divergence uh but I, we had some people in from out of town over this weekend and i was explaining to somebody who was not a really a baseball fan that there the amount of baseball games that i've watched last paid attention to by watching just the like box score updating and their yeah. minds were I think they felt bad for me is really, but their minds were blown that somebody would be willing to 
pay attention to like a, you know, essentially just a graphic updating by an intern. Um, oh yeah. And- you're like uh, the, the stupid, like little, like, Oh, look at the curve on that curveball, even though, you know, that's not what it actually was doing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I watch SF more than I care to admit besides yeah. just keeping an eye on Cardinal games and in a situation where I maybe am not able to truly watch or listen, you know, I've, said on the show a lot of times i'm a big fantasy baseball player so i'll find myself like watching at bat of an you know a a guy on another team and i'm watching it just through the little (laughs) graphic you know that is like the least interesting thing to be staring at and you're just (laughs) you're just hoping for that in play comma runs you know (laughs) yes um but but yeah like to, to get back to what you're saying i think it's a really important uh uh it's really important to be specific about this. Like this is a short term, big pain in the ass, right? Uh, for, for you and me and, and, and fans watching, uh, this, this sucks long term. This is a big step in the right direction. It is, it is likely going to be the end of blackouts. It'll likely, uh, be the end of this, uh, of not being able to watch the game, how you want to watch it really. Uh, so this is going to be great, but short term, huge pain in the ass. Um, but yeah, anyways, yeah. Um, another note that I just wanted to hit while we're talking about this kind of topic was that Dan McLaughlin uh, broke his silence uh, since we last recorded. Not si- not like he was like hiding away or anything like that, but he addressed the media and the public generally. Um, and he put out a, what I thought was a very heartfelt note on the Internet. Um, it was clearly not written by a publicist or a PR person or anything like this, like that. It was it was clearly written by Dan McLaughlin. He seems genuine um, and disturbed is not the right word. He seems he seems like he's in a really bad spot. Um, and, and it honestly, it kind of broke my heart a little bit reading through what he had to say. Um, and I don't think we really need to. I would say if if you have not read it, I would recommend that you do go read it. Um, because I think it's it's good to hear from somebody who is in that situation um, and is trying to get themselves out of that situation. Um, but yeah, I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was worth at least bringing up on the show. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I read it and um, yeah, I, I felt emotional about it as well. Um, you know, it shows that even someone who's uh, been doing all the right things on paper um to, to manage uh, what they're dealing with can make one mistake and everything can come crumbling down and it doesn't excuse it. You know, you can't say, Oh, it was a mistake. It's not a big deal. Like it's a real thing. Um, but it definitely, you know, I think we all were, we're built, we were set, we're set up to care about him. And yeah. then when, when he, writes in such an open and yeah, like you said, definitely written by him, um, open and sad. I mean, it's just, it's sad, uh, end to end. Um, I think it's good. I think it's good that he did that. Uh, he, as he put it, you know, he, if, if one person reads his statement and is able to get the help that they need, then it's worth it. And we'll never know, or we'll likely never know if any, if that is an outcome, but I think, it's it's a noble cause. He did not need to get as open as he did. Yeah. I mean, down to the medication that he's taking and yeah and everything. Like he did not need to do that. He could have very easily put out a corporate statement and just 
gone off and hey, we maybe never hear from him again. You know, yeah, he, he could have said nothing. He could have done the Tom Brenneman route and said, Oh, all my friends say I should be back, but you know, the woke media won't let me back or whatever. Like he could have done it a thousand different ways. And I, I appreciate the, the way he went about it. This is the guy with the Nick Cassiano's home run, yes. right? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't want to lie. Like, obviously, you know, there's a lot, but him the, the one of my favorite baseball memes is yeah is exactly that is like giving a heartfelt or, or obviously not heartfelt but right. attempting to apologize and then calling a home run in the middle of your <laughs> such an idiot it's so stupid <laughs> oh my god all right anyway yeah. uh so yeah uh, i recommend you read it and yeah. You know, our love to Dan McLaughlin and his family, and hopefully he can find uh, find the help that he needs that can stick. And then, you know, who knows what redemption, if that if that even is what that even means uh, and what it means for him, because he did you know, mention like seeking redemption. Who knows what that yeah. means and, and what that would look like for him. But I hope that he can find it for himself. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh let's talk about the the rest of the league. What's going yep. on around around the around the horn, so to speak. <laughs> okay. Wow. Never done that before, but <laughs> all right. Um yeah, so there's you know some like last minute signings before spring training uh and some signings that need to happen frankly. Uh Andrew Chafin, who we talked about quite a bit would be a good cardinal fit uh for the left side of the bullpen. He ends up signing with the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks just kind of having a quietly pretty Good off season. Slowly chipping away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one year with an option for a second year. He's going to make $5.5 million. It's probably going to be a great deal. Good job, Diamond Max. Uh, the Dodgers make a couple of moves. Uh, one in signing David Peralta, the lefty uh, hitter who was a longtime Diamondback. He is now with the Dodgers. Probably a smart signing. Um, and I know this breaks your heart specifically, Nate, uh, but they also sign Alex Reyes to an incentive laden, crazy looking deal. Um, but the Dodgers get Reyes, uh, and it's it's hard yeah. for me to imagine that deal not working out extremely well for both of those, the team and the player. Yeah, it's like the one place I did not want him to sign. Yeah, it's <laughs> so. I mean, no matter what, it's going to work out for Alex Reyes because he just made another million dollars. Um, so if he you know barely pitches at all, he yeah. just got another million dollars. But it set, definitely seems like you know, of all the places to land that is maybe the best for him. You know, one of the best organizations in baseball clearly saw something in him. Uh, Who knows what their understanding of his medicals are, but they're willing to take a risk and they're willing to take a pretty big risk because that uh, incentive laden contract can get them up to $10 million. Yeah. So they both sides of the, of the contract clearly believe that there's some major upside uh, in this contract and uh, rightfully so. Right. I mean, yep. we all know what a healthy Alex Reyes looks like, and we're certainly rooting for it. I'm going to be rooting for it a little bit less. I guess now I have to root for healthy, but ineffective, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is a, you know, a fine line to walk. <laughs> also pretty unlikely for somebody like Alex Reyes. Cause if he's healthy, yeah, it, I'm pretty confident he's going to pitch pretty well. I know. And so I don't, I'm, I will never root for someone to get hurt. Yeah. So I guess just like, I don't know, healthy, but ineffective against the Cardinals and 
everyone else, it's whatever. Good luck, yeah. Alex Ray is. He's probably going to be freaking their closer in the All Star game this year. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprising. Um, I mean, they've got all. an open competition for the back end of their bullpen. Yeah, it, it's like it's tailor made. Yeah, it's yeah. They have that Evan. Uh, they have that other Evan guy. Phillips. Evan, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they're just they're the Dodgers. I, yeah, you know, people yeah, are down yeah. on the Dodgers right now. I think they're going to be a lot better than this year than the projections and and Zips and Pakoda and all. I I think the Dodgers are still the one of the class yeah, teams. Well, down in that they're still projected around 91 yeah. you know, wins, which, yeah, is down compared to the Dodgers. But, yeah. like, sitting as a Cardinal fan, we're like, hell yeah, projecting yeah. 91 wins. That's like, <laughs> yeah. That feels pretty good, you know. We Shuck could outperform that. But, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, keep it in the uh, NL West. The Padres extend you, Darvish, to $108 million over six years. He's the first player in MLB history to have six or sorry, three six year contracts. This takes him to the age. I think he's 41 or 42 at the end of this contract. Um, no, I think it's it's 43. Is it 43? I, uh, yeah, because he's 37 now. Yeah. And so it's it, it might be 42, but I'm pretty sure it's 43. So, I mean, good for you. Uh, secure the Thank bag you. again. Um <laughs> I, I, yeah I, it's it's a wild know. deal I mean, it, it my my initial reaction was holy shit that seems crazy i will say after i you know stopped flailing around in my kitchen and just throwing <laughs> plates and and stuff I, yeah. I started thinking about it. it's like it's actually like aav uh annual average value of like was that like 16 million yeah um so it's it's not actually maybe 17 million. It's not a ton in modern baseball dollars. And so he was really good last year. And, you know, he's a pitch mix guy, which is the type of thing that tends to age a little bit better. You know, it's Adam Wainwright, right? Yeah. So uh, it feels crazy, but they clearly wanted him for at least the next couple of years. And maybe that's what they needed to do in order to lock him up for the next couple of years. And if it turns out that he's a 42 year old bullpen guy, I mean, $17 million in five years is going to mean even less in baseball yeah. than it does now. So it's probably actually a pretty good contract. Um, it, it, he'd have to like fall off the cliff next year, right. You know, for it to really become something that bites him in the ass. But like, I think it's probably a pretty good deal. Uh, it just feels crazy to sign a starting pitcher right now into their age 43 season. Yeah. Like normally it's the Wainwright Moyer sort of thing where they're doing like one year deal after one year deal until they, until they hang it up. Yeah. And I think you're right on that. Like it, he is the type of pitcher. He throws every single pitch um, that could age pretty gracefully and maybe not still be an ace. But be somebody who can yeah. get like get pitch meaningful big league innings and and be a part of the rotation for the next six years. Uh, he has he like just won't throw mid nineties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if it turns out that in his age forty two season he's throwing four pitches, you know, that are all just the wacky movement ones. Yeah. Like that could still be effective. So yeah. of the guys to gamble on for something like this, it does make sense. Yeah, if, I agree. Even though it just feels crazy. And he's been good for a long time. Like you Darvish is probably underrated. Um, he, yeah. He's been very good. He's had a couple of bumps, but he's been very good for a very long time. Um, also the Padres 
Michael Waka finally signs. Um, this yes. is good news for Nate's uh, in our big money draft. Uh, the only problem is they have not announced the details <laughs> yeah, of the contract. It's like it could be up to worth four years, $24 million. Um, but that's if like with all the escalators and everything is hit. So hopefully next week we'll have more details and we can add whatever the guaranteed total is to your team. Um, but that's definitely a win. The fact that it's it's four years, 24 is the max. My guess is that the first year is probably has the most money and then it kind of escalates after that. But we don't really have any any real idea. So uh, good for Waka. The Padres seeming to have like 40 available roster spots because they just keep signing players and, and trading for players. But uh, good, probably a good spot for Waka. I don't understand exactly where he's going to fit into this team rotation bullpen, but you know, I guess good for him. I, I think he's going to compete for their fifth starting starting uh, the fifth spot in the rotation. Yeah, um, they got a lot of guys um, that could fill that fifth spot, but a lot of them are young and and injury ridden. It's like, is it a, a Mackenzie Gore or um, Mackenzie Gore is a national. Uh, oh, yeah, because they traded him. So I, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But I think he'll there. My I, my expectation is that he's going to go for their fifth spot in the rotation. Yeah. But we'll uh, see. And, and to update the draft. So you Waka is signed. The remaining free agents from our big money draft are Danny Duffy uh, and Elvis Andrews for the Benz. And just Jerkson Profar is the only remaining remaining free agent for the Nates. Uh, so hopefully I, I would think my guess is that Profar is going to sign really, really soon here. Um, I really haven't heard anything about Duffy or Andrews, so we shall yeah. see what happens there. Um, I, I was not, I would have been Elvis Andrews is surprising to me only because he had a really good most of last year. So I thought yeah. he'd get something somewhere, but I don't know. I think he's uh, holding out for multi year. Yeah. Yeah. Our little game here. It's by the, by the 24th of February. Is that right? Uh, yeah, the official start of spring training is the 24th. So we have about uh, 10 day, uh, nine days from this record. So uh, I'm to- only back like 8 million. And so Waka probably got more than 8 million. So uh, I think you- I, I would bet Waka is almost right around 8 million. I, I bet yeah, it's extremely it- close right now. Yeah. So you really need uh, Duffy or Andrus to to get a deal in the next nine days. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm actually going to search mid-show just to see if the details have been spat <laughs> out since we've started recording. And quickly looking, I don't see anything. MLB trade rumors put up an article yesterday. Who signs first, Profar or Waka? Well, Waka did. All right. Uh, and the final thing I want to talk about, league news-wise, MLB's joint competition committee votes to make the quote-unquote ghost runner. Uh, which we do not call it the ghost runner on this podcast. We call it anything else. Um, Rule permanent. Uh, So that means that uh, it's here to stay. That's that's just how (sighs) baseball go from now on. Um, This does not seem like it's confirmed to uh, happen in the playoffs as well. It seems like it's only a regular season thing. Um, and the rule or the competition committee also voted to place limits on position players pitching. Um, I did not give myself the details here, but essentially there has to be score limits um, and inning limits. So uh, I, I think it's something yeah. to the effect of like there has to be an eight run difference within the ninth inning. And then you can put a position player in, but it's trying to limit 
the parade that we've seen over the past like well last year was really bad and and the year before that it started increasing i'm ambivalent on the position player pitching rule uh i get it i you know it's it is it is not fun to watch your team give up in the seventh inning like we saw a lot of last year you know um so i get wanting to get rid of that um, but I, you know, there is a certain joy to position player pitching that like, I also kind of enjoy and, you know, well, it's like, a single game or whatever. Albert so. doing it last year was as fun as I had last year. That was a blast. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a very specific situation. Yeah. Cause it, it usually is your team is giving up. Yeah. Um, and, and I, and that's not very fun for a fan. And so, and it's also a little manipulative around like, you know, some teams were more willing to just like throw in the towel on a game and right. and go for the next one. And I, I get the rule. I don't have a strong feeling either way about it. It's fine. Um, I think we've made our opinions pretty clear on the uh, on the uh, extra innings rule. I am. This was like my least favorite rule. Yeah. Other than the seven inning double headers, this was my least favorite rule out of all of the like game shortening rules that um, that came out of 2020. And I had a lot of hope that it would be done away with. But I think once we started hearing that the players really like it, which is something to be considerate of, if the players are really supportive of it, like it makes me like it a little bit more, but I hate it. And what drives me crazy is I think there's a real simple solution that would actually make it fine for, for me and for a lot of other people. Just make it happen in like the 11th inning. Yeah. Give us, give us a 10th inning of normal baseball and then starting in the 11th, it becomes this thing. Yeah. And hell, we could ramp it up. 11th inning, runner starts on second. 12th inning, you got a runner on second and third. Thir- uh, 13th inning, bases loaded. Whatever. I don't care. But like, give us like a little bit more of extra innings baseball because extra inning baseball is fun. Yeah. I get not wanting like a 16 inning slog. I- I'm fine with that. But like a tense game that goes to the 11th or whatever is yeah. fun and is part of you talk about it a lot it's like the part of one of the key elements of baseball is you have to win yeah and turning it into this like oh we're gonna bunt them over and you know we'll see how it goes and i, I know there it can be fun this like new version of it but it's it just it feels bad to me and i hate yeah. that it's permanent and they'll never it's never gonna go backwards this is just no it is yeah. what it is now so yeah uh, it's just not baseball. We're going to play one game for nine innings and then we're going to play a different game until the game's over. And I don't like that. Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. I would push it back to like the 14 or 15th inning um, because I also think like the percentage of like if a game goes to 10 or 11 innings, you're only you're not adding that much time. You're you're adding a couple extra right. pitchers, a little extra time. Most games are decided within that time frame. If you really just want to weed out the operations, like put it just a little further back to speed up the game. And, and my biggest issue with it is that a pitcher can come in and do his job, get three outs and lose a game. Um, and I find that to be completely insane. It, it ruins the game for me. Um, it doesn't ruin yeah. it. I'm still going to watch it. Blah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think what you said is, is hits the nail on the head. It's just, it's coming too soon. Let them play it out a yeah. little bit longer. And I get that the players like it. Of course, if I, if, uh, uh, uh my boss said that there, I never had to work overtime again or, or past normal hours again, I would be like, hell yes, let's put that rule yeah. in place. 
but these guys are extremely well compensated. People care about these games like they can play a couple of extra innings every once in a while. And I think part of the fun is making those managerial decisions. Okay, it's the ninth inning. We have a scoring position. I'm going to pinch hit for X person. Oh, no, I just took a good hitter out of the lineup for a matchup. Oh, we have to play the 11th and 12th inning without this guy. Like there's the whole risk reward with the whole thing that fans lock into is the ability to judge a manager's decision. You're taking away a good chunk of that. Um, I guess unless your manager is Tony LaRusso and he forgets to pinch run for the uh, <laughs> quote unquote ghost runner. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're in a great, we don't, I mean, I could talk about this yeah. for another hour, but yeah, it's, and it, it's so spooky. Why do we it, need all these ghosts in it, baseball? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, to your point, theoretically you could throw a 10 inning perfect game and lose, which is, wild right. um insane so, yeah yeah uh all right <sighs> well instead of ranting let's do something different um so uh we just talked about a little prediction game that we did and i thought it might be fun we are we are on the cusp of meaningful baseball we don't have a ton of information about what uh the 2023 Cardinals are going to actually look like. So why don't today you and I play another version of if you had to. <laughs> okay. If you had to. And on this one, if you had to predict yeah. what the starting lineup on opening day, March 30th, what would it be? And here's what we're going to do. Yeah. We're each we're each gonna basically like project our lineup mm-hmm. one through nine, mm-hmm. and we're gonna write them down. And after the opening day, we're gonna look back at our predictions, and you're basically gonna get a point per spot you got right. Okay. And it's we're going by just if you say um, Wilson Contreras is leading off, yeah, and Wilson Contreras leads off, you get one point. Okay. We just go down the line. Okay. Okay. All right. So I understand there's a possibility that we have the exact same, uh, you know, lineup, but I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. So, um, you know, if you want to, you can go first. Um, but if you want to sort of like talk it through as your, as your, as your, I I mean, unsurprisingly, this is something that I think about quite often. So I I think I feel pretty ready to go. Um, and I guess like okay. the the problem is that we don't know if it's going to be against a right-handed starter or a left-handed I starter. Know. Um, so I'm going to go with the righty lineup, which is likely the lineup that we'll see most often. Um, and I am going to give the leadoff position. Are you ready? Yep. To Brendan Donovan. I think okay. He will be leading off most games. Definitely games against right-handed hitters or pitchers. Okay. You got Donovan leading off. Do you yep. do you want do you want us to go back and forth on this? Or oh, I, can, I could just lineup? go down the line. I could just go down. We, the, if, yeah, let's do your whole lineup and then yeah. I'll do mine. Okay, uh, so I'm gonna go. It's B Don. Um, then I'm gonna go Lars Newpar, number two. Yep. Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. Ar- Mr. Arenado will be after that. Yeah. Wilson Contreras will be after that. Tyler O'Neill. Tommy Edmond. Oh, wait, no, no, sorry. Wilson Contreras, 
uh, would be you already. Oh wait, wait, you did, I got mixed yeah. up. Sorry. So yeah, no, I know you're no. doing it all in space, and I'm writing it down. So you've done Donovan, Newbar, Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, O'Neill. So you got your top six. Okay, so then I will go Tommy Edmond. Okay. Um, uh, Dylan Carlson. Okay. And then the DH spot. Uh, so I'll and, say. Oh wait, I'll pick this. Um. Yeah, you got to pick. Yeah, this. no, I yeah. get it. Uh, we'll we'll do. This Gordon. is where our lineups are going to be different because. You know, that middle chunk, we're yeah, obviously we're both going to be pretty similar. Yeah. Right. So I'll, you're going Gorman. I'll go Gorman. Yeah. Okay. So, and I guess, uh, no. And can you put Scoot Gorman up? The D, I, I think Tommy maybe will be hitting. Oh, crap. Um, yeah. Put, put Gorman right behind O'Neill and then ever leave everything else the same. So it should be Gorman, uh, Tommy, Dylan, right? All right, I'll read it back to you: Donovan, <laughs> Newbar, Goldie, Arenado, Contreras, O'Neill, Gorman, Edmund, Carlson. Yes, yeah, that is my prediction. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, obviously we have some overlap here. I think yeah. it's fair, and you and I are both going. Um, I'll go down my list here in a second, but we're both going with like no real surprises out of camp yeah right that's that's essentially the lineup from last year um with Contreras added to it um so I do I'm taking a shot here because I think you probably have the most likely like beginning of the lineup um I think Donovan Newt Bar uh Goldie is is a is a is like a percentile probably the most likely but I, I'm going to say something a little different. It's home opener. And I feel like uh, while Ollie has shown a propensity to stick with the numbers, I don't think he's beyond some honorifics. Okay. I think Tommy Edmond is going to be the uh, leadoff man at the home opener of 2023. Okay. Do I think he's going to be there most of the season? No, but I think he's going to be there at the start. After that, we we're going to have some similarities because I okay. do think we're going to see new bar Goldie, Arenado, Contreras and O'Neill. Like I, I think anybody is, I think everybody's doing that, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe not new bar second, I or I was thinking maybe going Donovan, Edmund Donovan, and and put New Bar at the bottom, but I'm gonna go with New Bar too. Um, and then after you, O'Neill, you just have to you have to like those on base, you know, numbers yeah. to get in front of the big boppers. That's basically how the offense worked last year, right? Um, which was always so surprising to me why in the series against the Phillies suddenly Pujols was yeah uh, up there, you know. But anyway. Um, so after O'Neill, um, there, I'm going to do Donovan and then I'm going to go Gorman and Carlson. So we've got a lot of overlap. Yeah. Um, but we have some key differences here, mostly between who's leading off and how that affects the lineup after that. Yeah. Uh, cause I yeah. didn't put Donovan over, uh, you know, like Gorman and, and Carlson. 
Yeah, Tommy's just that like old school table setter. He just doesn't walk enough. He does everything else really well. I just I don't think he'll be that high up, but maybe. Well, so I should say this is not my lineup. Yeah. Right. This You're is predicted. my prediction. Sure. Of I, I think if I was setting the lineup, um, I'm probably doing well, really what you have predicted here, I think is probably the the like uh, on base percentage maximizing, you know, sabermetric maximizing. Um, well, I don't know about sabermetric maximizing. I don't know. I, I yeah, it was. Do, I think I do Goldie too. I do Goldie too. I would do Wilson yeah. or Tyler three, Arenado yeah. four. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think they, cause I, I do think that there is like, there's obviously it worked for them a lot last year. Like if you yeah. have two, three fifty plus uh, OBP guys in front of Goldie and Arenado, it's pretty hard to argue with that. I think I would make a yeah. slight adjustment. Um, cause I don't expect Goldie to have the power output that he had last year, but I do think he's likely to get on base at close to 400% again or for uh, yeah. 40% again. <laughs> Damn! Um, every time he gets on base, he gets on base four times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Donovan Goldie, I think O'Neill, Arenado, Contreras. Yeah. Would be maybe the like ideal lineup, yeah. but I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm we, fine with, we've also the, said many times that lineup comp doesn't really matter. Just don't be stupid about it. But yeah, this, I, yeah. as far as the this game of prediction, fringe. exactly. Yeah. 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 It's all fringe percentages with any yeah. of this. Okay. Well, uh, we'll find out in about a month and a half yeah. who got this right. Uh, who got the most points? Uh, neither of us going with a Jordan Walker in the opening day lineup. No, prediction. no, I'm trying to win. Yeah, even if he breaks camp with the team, he's probably not in the opening day lineup, right? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Unless he absolutely rakes and uh, Gorman he, doesn't or something like that. You know? If he breaks, that means, I think, I mean, think of the standing ovation he would get. I bet he does start on opening day, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. Uh, thank you all for being here. Um, we are really getting into it now, everyone. We've got actual baseball to talk about. So we will be back next Thursday, as always, with another episode. Uh, again, we would love for you to consider joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, and until next week, I'm just going to say it, Ben. Go Cardinals. <laughs> okay. Uh, tell your friends. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.